When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the opening goal is for Scotland, 60 seconds into the second half. An absolutely stunning strike. Just her second ever international goal from Nicola Doherty, the 30-year-old veteran. Uh, that was the Scotland team beating the Matildas overnight. The Illawarra Mercury, great supporters of Saturday in the Gong. Subscriptions, illawarramercury.com.au. Let's bring in a man who writes for the Mercury, comes from a famous footballing family. He's no doubt enjoying some part of Easter at the Great Jamboree Hotel where Mitch Jennings and Tim Barrow hope to have their band notices lifted soon. Jordan Warren, good to hear from you over Easter. Talk to us about that Matildas result overnight. Yeah, day, boys. Happy Saturday. Yeah, I was able to watch just the first half of the game against Scotland last night. It was obviously a bit of a late one, but yeah, obviously a uh, pretty changed up Matilda's side. Obviously the big out um, from a local perspective was no Caitlin Ford. She's obviously um, nursing that hamstring injury and sort of in rehab at her club in Arsenal. But also another big one was not the use of Captain Sam Kerr. She was on the bench um, for the whole game in the 1-0 loss to Scotland. So it was a bit of a a change lineup. The massive positive for the Matildas obviously was Ellie Carpenter back in the side at right back and she was doing her thing flying down the wing and looking very dangerous so that'll be a, an interesting selection headache for Tony Gustafson with the upcoming FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in July and August. But uh, yeah, 1-0 lost at the end of the day so it kind of did show the Matildas weakness I sort of guess when they don't have their superstars on the pitch including Ford and Kerr they're sort of uh, struggling a little bit. Obviously they, they played some good stuff but um Scotland, yeah, world number 23. Matildas, I can't exactly remember. I think there's something like world number 10 at the moment. Um, should be winning those games, and especially with the World Cup coming around the corner. I think Tony Gustafson would be a little bit disappointed in the result. But uh, we've got England on, on Wednesday uh, morning, I think it is, our time in Australia. So uh, that'll be an extremely uh, interesting clash, just purely on the fact that it's an Ashes lineup. It's England versus Australia, and also England are a very good side and a number of women's Super League stars in that uh, squad. So... Should be an interesting game, and see how it'll be interesting to see how the Matildas bounce back after a one-nil loss to, to Scotland, which was which was fairly unexpected. It's fair to say. Yeah, get Rabs, Jeno, you mate. It's interesting that you uh, you talk about this result, and we often don't know how much context can be in these, or how much we should read into these types of friendlies. But I mean, more broadly with the Matildas and how they're how they're tracking, how do you feel they're going? And isn't it interesting that it doesn't seem all that long ago that Tony Gustafson was under a mountain of pressure. They couldn't get a win over anyone in the top 1,000, it seemed. Uh, and it looked like a lot of that had been had been tempered and it looked like they were back on track. Does this result change that path as far as you're concerned? Or, I mean, is the co- talk around the coach and the pressure he's under quite separate ultimately from the results? I mean, what's your, what's your basic take on, on how they're tracking towards that World Cup? I think, Jeno, in terms of the whole, in terms of the whole Tony Gustafson project, he sort of came in two years ago to the day yesterday in the job, and he did cop a lot of criticism. Only just recently, I was at a game at the New Allianz Stadium last October when they lost to Canada, and the media were, were full on in terms of giving him criticism after they lost, and they lost back-to-back games against the same opponent. So it wasn't too long ago that he was copying that criticism. But I think after I think it was something like seven games, um, I think they were on a seven-game winning streak before that game yesterday. Um, and obviously winning a cup of nations on home soil sort of eased that pressure for Tony a little bit but uh, I don't think this result alone 
adds any more pressure on Tony. I think that everyone can see looking at the squad that it was a, a sort of a second string squad and he's sort of trying a few new things. And uh, against England, I imagine that, that he'd sort of have as close to his best starting 11 on the pitch as possible, considering it's the last game that the side will play before the World Cup. But it is interesting in terms of when he doesn't have those top players, obviously forward nursing that hamstring injury, injury and he was sort of tight-lipped on whether Sam Kerr had a bit of a knock as well. Obviously, she plays a lot for Chelsea in the WSL. So, without those superstars, it's uh, it. I guess the the question is that uh, he gets asked, Tony Gustafsson, is the depth of the side, and that's something that he's sort of tried to work on, uh, open that sort of talent pool in the two years that he's been here. Obviously, there's a lot of A-League women stars that are making that Matilda squad now. In terms of uh, Claire Hunt's had a sensational season with the Wanderers at centre-back and uh, Jada Wyman for Sydney FC. She's obviously a second-string or third-string keeper behind Lydia Williams and Mackenzie Arnold now. So he sort of opened that talent pool quite impressively, uh, something that the Matildas have never traditionally been known for, sort of before Tony's era, I guess it was sort of the starting 11 and uh, there wasn't sort of sort of too many players outside of that. But uh, I think he's done that really well. But I don't think that uh, he's sort of under immense pressure coming into this World Cup. Obviously, there is the pressure that comes with hosting a World Cup and, and playing at a World Cup. But I think that the Matildas are in the best place uh, that they could possibly be in, especially after considering perhaps a year or six months ago, they, they were in a pretty uh, not as good a spot, dare I say, uh, as they are now. So I think that the confidence of the team is extremely high. And I don't think that the Scotland result will, will change anyone's thoughts on that. Jordan, Illawarra Premier League. I was having a look at the Easter schedule. Gee, it's a busy weekend on the local front. What stands out to you? Yeah, it's definitely throwing me off a little bit, Matty, this week. Uh, there was a few games yesterday. There was a game on Thursday. Uh, uh, there was a massive game yesterday at Terry Reserve and a massive crowd coming in for a good Friday clash. Albion Park White Eagles went top of the ladder against Cringilla. The Cringilla, the Lions, were previously unbeaten before that game, but the Cameron Morgan double saw uh, Albion Park go top of the table, and they're actually five wins from five to start the season. So uh, sort of gone a little bit under the radar, but they're on top of the table now. They can get usurped today by... Coniston if they beat Helensburg and also another game today is Port Kembler against Wollongong Olympic and of course Wollongong Olympic the defending grand final champions they've sort of started a little bit to start this season they've had two wins and two draws but the main thing is that they're still undefeated obviously a, a very experienced squad and I sort of don't think that anyone can write off Wollongong Olympic but yeah uh, fair to say that Albion Park are the team to, to beat at the moment they're sort of undefeated and them and Olympic uh, obviously they had a clash last week that was meant to be played, but the rain washed it out, so that'll be rescheduled. So those two have still got to play each other, but those are the two two teams that I'll be looking out for so far this season. Obviously, uh, Cringilla and Coniston obviously having great starts as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, in terms of today, I'll definitely be looking out for that Port Kembla versus Wollongong Olympic uh, clash at Weatherall Park. It's just a positive that the, uh, the overnight thunderstorm and the rain doesn't seem to have affected the ground at Weatherall Park. So hopefully we get some football action today on Easter Saturday. Yeah, it's a chocolate feast over Easter. It's a sporting feast over Easter as well, and that game just part of it. Now, we saw that Melbourne derby resumption. This has caught the attention of many that so long after the game was abandoned, it was resumed at the very point that it had to be called off after those wild scenes. What did you make of that game? And, and talk to us about the A-League picture as we head into the back end of the season. Yeah, I think it, it was a topic of discussion that's that's for sure the melbourne derby the resume melbourne derby it was um I, I think that a few people had their say about the the resumption of the game and it was yeah it was sort of poetic but probably not in a in a good sense that the match started literally where tom Glover got smashed in the face uh, by a melbourne victory fan sort of with a sand bucket when they stormed the pitch late last year so um but 
I guess it's over now. Sort of uh, Melbourne City obviously got the win. Aiden O'Neill scored, I think, the longest ever double in a match ever. He scored in the opening minutes of that first derby and then scored another one in the game the other day. But, uh, yeah, no, I sort of think that um, probably the best decision would have been to just give Melbourne City the points on the day. And But, uh, nonetheless, it's all over now and Melbourne City got the points anyway. But, uh, yeah, uh, and in terms of other A-League action, um, we've sort of been, in, in terms of the IPL um, and the A-League, it's sort of been similar this week with Easter. It's sort of thrown everything off, but there was a, a couple of games yesterday. Uh, Western United were looking to uh, cement some finals hopes. They've sort of been running last at the table, but have made a bit of a, a late jump sort of with a few games left this season. But the Central Coast Mariners put on a professional performance yesterday at Ballarat, winning 3-0. And then, of course, the game last night, Adelaide United against Sydney FC was one all, and it was sold out at Cooper Stadium in Adelaide. And it's such a sensational place to watch football. I've only been there once or twice in my life, but it's been it's, ad, it's an absolutely phenomenal place to watch football. And if only every other A-League club had their stadium sort of set up like Cooper Stadium is, it, it would be phenomenal. But uh, Adelaide took the lead early in the second half through soccer hero Craig Goodwin, and then Adam LaFondra cancelled that one out in, I think, the 82nd or 83rd minute. So Sydney FC keeping their finals hopes alive, and Adelaide remain undefeated for, I think, it's 12 games now. So Adelaide on a bit of a run. They're just behind Melbourne City. Uh, on the A-League ladder, but uh, yeah, it's looking like Melbourne City and Adelaide are the, are the two teams to beat at, at present. Okay, thank you, Jordan. I tell you what, with the long weekend and so many people travelling over Easter, I reckon it would be a bumper weekend at the Jamboree Hotel. Are you pulling beers down there? Are you helping out as the masses come through Jamboree? Only if it gets busy, Matty. I was on call yesterday, actually. I was working for the Illawarra Mercury yesterday, uh, working from home covering the Wolves game, of course. But, uh, yeah, I was on call if it, if it got too busy. But, obviously, they were able to handle it yesterday. But I dare say that'll be the, the same deal this weekend. So I'll sort of be, I'll be in, the, uh, in the collared shirt ready to go and pull some beers. Okay, very good. As you said, working from home, your sports editor, Tim Barrow, rolled his eyes. But I'll, we'll take your word I'll for it. I'll see you this afternoon, Jordan. <laughs> good on you, Jordan. <laughs> Happy Easter, mate. Thanks for joining us again. We're back to Saturday.